sounded pretty good. John chapter 19. John chapter 19. If I'd have planned better, Archie's got an old hymn planned for next week at the cross. Uh, I'd have had you sing it this week. That's what uh, more or less the, that's what I settled on for a title uh, this morning at the cross, at the cross. And, uh, we'll look uh, at uh, the next few verses uh, in the story uh, of uh, of Christ, and uh, as uh, we uh, continue to walk uh, through the Gospel of John and the story uh, of Christ, and again. Um, I'd like to tell you I planned it that way and that I was that smart, uh, but I'm not. But it's going to work out where we are uh, right on track for, uh, for Easter and uh, in, uh, in the story. So we'll be picking up in verse uh, 25 this morning, uh, chapter 19, uh, verse uh, 25. And... Uh, as uh, we look at it, uh, again, we, we, uh, last week we looked at the passage uh, where they uh, cast lots or rolled dice uh, to decide the division of the clothes of Jesus. Uh, this week we actually begin to move into the text uh, dealing uh, more directly uh, with the crucifixion. In particular, uh, this morning, uh, we, uh, we're going to see a couple of things. We're going to see some of the people uh, at the cross, and one of the, uh, one of the first things that Jesus says uh, from the cross. There are uh, seven uh, sayings, uh, seven things Jesus said uh, from the cross. We're gonna, uh, our text this morning includes uh, the first one. And uh, as we look at this text, uh, there are really, I think, two lessons uh, that uh, we can uh, learn from uh, this passage. One of them, uh, we're going to learn by looking uh, at the ladies who were gathered there. Uh, the ladies who were gathered uh, around uh, the foot of the cross. In fact, uh, other than John, uh, it appears from uh, the biblical account uh, that these ladies were uh, the only uh, friends, only uh, associates of Jesus uh, who were still with him uh, at the cross. And for, uh, for that cause, uh, some commentators have uh, said that uh, this passage uh, should be uh, of uh, of uh, that, that ladies themselves should uh, love this passage uh, because it speaks uh, volumes of, of, of their love of the Lord. Uh, as uh, again, other than John, it appears that uh, they are the only ones remaining uh, at uh, at the cross. And so, uh, then the second lesson uh, that uh, that that we see will be in actually the words of Jesus. Uh, from the cross. And so uh, we're going to look at the audience uh, at the cross and then uh, the announcement there uh, that Jesus made. Let's uh, talk first of all uh, for a minute, th those ladies uh, that were gathered there. Uh, what a great uh, testimony uh, to them. What a great statement again. Uh, the disciples had uh, Jesus' closest associates now uh, have 
scattered, uh, who knows where, uh, other than John. Uh, and these ladies, uh, depending on who, you, who counts and how they count, uh, there's either three or four. Uh, it depends uh, when you read the, the various gospel accounts. It's a little bit uh, difficult to tell for sure uh, whether it was three or four. Uh, but they are there, certainly. Uh, the mother of Jesus was there for certain. Uh, and then we have some other ladies uh, who are gathered here. What I want to uh, begin as we think about that for a moment, uh, and have you ever heard the phrase, uh, the cons- somebody's conspicuous absence? Uh, you know what a conspicuous absence is, right? Uh, that's when, uh, it, it, when you're not there and, and everybody notices it. You know, it, uh, when, uh, it's like uh, if, you know, if there's a wedding uh, and, the, uh, and the, 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 the groom's mother doesn't show up or something. That's a, uh, you know, a conspicuous, uh, the bride doesn't show up. You know, that's a conspicuous absence. That's an absence uh, that everybody notices. Well, uh, there is a conspicuous absence uh, here. Obviously, uh, there are a lot of people uh, that should have been gathered uh, in support of Jesus. Certainly, uh, immediately we think uh, of the other ten disciples that should have uh, been gathered uh, there in support uh, of Jesus Christ. Certainly, uh, we think of uh, the the healed leper, the uh, those that had been uh, healed, uh, the the crippled who had been given back uh, the ability to walk, the blind who had been given uh, the ability to see, uh, all those that had been healed, resurrected, uh, all those who had Jesus uh, had ministered to and touched, uh, their absence is conspicuous. Uh, it it uh, stands out uh, at who uh, is not there. But rather than uh, focus this morning uh, on the negative, I want to focus uh, on the positive, and I want to focus on the conspicuous presence for a moment. Uh, it was, uh, it is very conspicuous. It is very uh, noticeable. It is uh, attention grabbing uh, that when we read this, uh, that it tells us that standing by the cross was his mother, uh, his mother's sister Mary, uh, the wife of Cleopas, uh, and Mary Magdalene. Uh, It it is very conspicuous uh, that those remaining following Jesus uh, were uh, were these three women. And I I, I say it is conspicuous uh, for several reasons. And uh, I'm glad uh, on one hand uh, we're in this building because uh, the ladies don't have hymnals to throw at me, Uh, but I want to remind you, uh, I didn't make the rules, I I wasn't even alive, Uh, but I just for a moment uh, remind you of the the place uh, of the lady, the female, uh, in that culture. The lady uh, in that culture uh, had never heard the phrase, women's lip. She had never heard that. Uh, She may have dreamed of it, but she had never heard it. Uh, the, the, The one woman in that time, uh, again, was, uh, she was a possession. Uh, she was, uh, she was, 
uh, quite honestly, uh, again, ladies, I didn't make this rule. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't have anything to do with it. Uh, but quite honestly, she was uh, just slightly above maybe a good farm animal. And it's just the way the culture was. They had no respect, uh, no honor uh, whatsoever for the female uh, of the species. Um, and uh, that was just the, the, the way uh, that things were. Uh, and yet, uh, it, it is conspicuous to me uh, that at the foot of the cross, uh, that the, uh, the, the most outcast uh, of society, basically, you, you, you're just about, uh, about the only way to be thought less of in their society, honestly, um, was to be a leper or something like that. I mean, they, again, female ladies, uh, they, just, they just didn't get any respect. Uh, some of you may say they still don't, but uh, it was way worse then. And yet they are the ones, the ones uh, that you would not expect to be there who were clinging to the feet of Jesus, not only because of the, the, the female role uh, in society, uh, but when you couple that with the fact that here they are uh, standing basically uh, in defiance uh, of the Sanhedrin, standing in defiance uh, of, uh, of Pilate and the Roman army, uh, standing in defiance uh, of the popular opinion when, uh, when given the option, who do we crucify, Jesus or Barabbas? We know that the popular opinion, the majority vote was crucify Jesus. Uh, that, uh, again, these ladies, uh, as, again, as ladies in their society, uh, were standing with Jesus in the face of every power, every cultural barrier that was available. They were, in, 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 in all senses of the word, they were coming against everything. Uh, you know, everything was stacked against them. Again, Rome was a Here they are identifying and supporting a man uh, who has been uh, who is being crucified, uh, basically, uh, to, to use our terminology, for treason. Uh, and, and, and here they are saying, we're on his side. Well, what is the, if, if you're on the side of a person charged with treason, what does that make you? Doesn't that by default make you treasonous as well? Here they are identifying with a man who is being charged with rebelling against, uh, against Rome, who has uh, been shunned and outcast uh, by, uh, by uh, the, the religious leaders of their time. And yet these women say, we're going with Jesus all the way to the bitter end. And if you don't see the lesson there for us today, then you're not paying close attention. These women went against every cultural barrier, every political barrier. They were standing against everything that was popular, everything that was accepted in their society. They were standing against and saying, we will stick with Jesus. What we need to learn from that, I think, is apparent. 
that we, uh, like these ladies, uh, need to make up our mind that regardless of the political, the cultural, whatever other barrier, social barrier, economic barrier, whatever else comes along, the Church of Jesus Christ today in, in March of 2021 needs to decide we will stick with Jesus all the way to the tomb. These women had made up their mind. It doesn't matter what decision comes down uh, from Pilate. It doesn't matter what the Sanhedrin. It doesn't matter uh, what all of these other uh, authorities say. It doesn't matter what is culturally acceptable. It doesn't matter how this is going to affect us economically. You, you can only imagine uh, that, uh, again, you, you don't have to let your imagination go very far uh, to imagine uh, that uh, these ladies, uh, there was a good chance, uh, a, a high probability uh, that when they went home uh, that they were going to face some grief from their own family uh, for bringing shame on the family by, by, by following this, this man and, and supporting this man. Uh, who was being crucified. Oh, it's okay. And I can almost hear their family say, and, and, and I can, let me just for a moment let my uh, imagination go and, and, and you see if this sounds like a, a, a reasonable story. I can almost hear uh, these, these women when uh, they got home and, and some of their own family there, maybe their husband, their children, their own parents, whoever, uh, some of their own family say to them, what's wrong with you? You're embarrassing the whole family out there standing by that criminal. That man, that, that, that man you, you know that, that they crucified him. You know now they're going to come after us. I can hear those ladies saying, Oh, but we love Him. He's been so good to us. We've learned so much from Him. We've seen His miracles. We've seen His works. We love Him and He loves us. And I can imagine for a moment in my mind those in their family saying, That's fine. You can love Him all you want to. Just don't be out there telling everybody. Can you imagine that with me? Can you imagine a scene something like that? Oh, you can love him all you want to. Just love him from home. Don't be out there at the foot of the cross. Don't be out there helping take him down off the cross. Don't be out there helping bury him. They're all going to know. Can you imagine that scene? I can. Because I can imagine that scene today. Oh, uh, you you wanna you wanna read your go ahead and read your Bible. Just don't do it in the break room at work. Oh, uh, you wanna you wanna pray? Go ahead. Just don't do it out in public. Oh, uh, you you wanna you wanna do that? Go ahead. Just keep it to yourself. You with me? That sound believable? But we learn something from these four ladies. They say we're going to follow Jesus no matter the cost. We'll go all the way and we'll stand at the foot of the cross 
And we'll stand there and we'll, we'll, we'll in front of the crowd, in front of the whole city, in front of the Roman guards, in front of the, in front of the priests, in front of the Sadducees, we are standing with Jesus. Listen, that, 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 that has, in the world we live in today, we're in the same boat in many ways. There are many nations, Canada's one. Uh, I think you're going to begin to see it. We're seeing some movement uh, in the United States. This uh, Equality Act, I don't know uh, what you've kept up with about that. It's been being bounced around in our government, uh, but there are some, uh, some clauses in there uh, that uh, could very well be used to, to limit the, the free speech, limit uh, the rights of what we say and do in the church. We need to decide. Are we going to be like these ladies and follow Jesus? Or are we going to be quiet? Are we going to be pushed to the back? Are we going to be uh, silent uh, instead of following Jesus? We see their, their conspicuous presence. Uh, we see their compassionate purpose. They were there when no one else was. They were there to be on the Lord's side. They were there to support Him. Uh, again, from all accounts, from uh, the Synoptic Gospels, from John, uh, we have absolutely no record of anyone else being there. I mentioned a moment ago all those that could have been there, all those that in all likelihood should have been there. None, including his disciples, other than John, were there to support him, to be on his side, to show him love, to let him know that they were there, that they were walking with him. But these ladies, they showed their love. Listen, they didn't just, you know, I, I, I imagine, I don't have to imagine, in, in just a few days, Christ is going to look at Peter and say, Peter, do you love me? You remember Peter's response? You know I love you, Lord. Well, if you remember the response of Jesus was, well, if you love me, feed my sheep. But um, allow me, if I may, to, uh, to, 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 to wonder just a moment. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Well, where have you been? Where were you when I was on the cross? Where were you when they were, when they, when they were crucifying me? Oh yeah, I remember. You were standing outside denying that you ever knew me. Yeah, yeah, I remember how you loved me. Listen, you know, I know that love shows. Love shows. You ever heard anybody say something like, "Well, I love you," and they respond, "Well, you got a funny way of showing it." Yeah, Peter, you got a funny way of showing it. Yeah, when we look at the way the church and many Christians act, if you were to stick a microphone in their face and say, you, do you love him? Yes, you know I love him. Well, You've got a funny way of showing it. These women, they showed their love. They were willing to risk everything to be at the feet of Jesus. Their compassionate purpose, their conspicuous presence. Next we see their comfort provided 
They were there to support, to love, to honor Jesus. We see the lesson of the ladies at the cross. But then we see the lesson itself. As Jesus looks down in verse 26, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, which would be John, standing near my, said to her, Woman, behold your son. Let me, let me run down a little path for a moment. Some people have read that and they see where Jesus addresses his mother as woman. And they think that's a, you know, most of us, if you were to look at your mama and say, Woman, you know, when you came to, you, you know, uh, you probably wouldn't do that again. You know, you, you'd probably learn better. That was not a sign of disrespect, just the opposite. Uh, that was a sign of respect. Woman, behold your son, speaking about John. He looks at John and says, behold your mother. There's a huge lesson there for us. Huge lesson. Um, several lessons, in fact, that we learn in those few words uh, in this first saying uh, of Jesus. Number one, as we look at the lessons of the cross, we see the empathy portrayed. You know the difference in empathy and sympathy? Um, we talk a lot about sympathy. Sympathy means, uh, in so many words, uh, and I'm going to take a swing at the definition, I don't, uh, but sympathy basically means I understand and I, I, don't, I agree with your feelings. Um, you've had a tragedy in your life and you're sad and I agree that you, you know, it's okay for you to be sad. And, uh, that's, a, that's a swing at sympathy. Um, empathy, on the other hand, means that when you hurt, I hurt. I hurt with you. I feel your pain. There's, there's, a, there's a big difference in sympathy and empathy. Many of us show sympathy. You know, you're, someone's hurting, someone's grieving, and we hate it for them and, and know it's hard for them to go through that time. But empathy is when we cry too. Empathy, and I, again, I don't mean, now, now sometimes uh, we see other people crying because they're crying. It just makes us cry. Too. Just, so, uh, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when we feel the pain. Jesus from the cross shows empathy for his mother. He feels the pain for his mother. He hurts for her. In fact, I think if you go through the entire ministry of Jesus Christ, if you go through the Gospels, I think if you were to use one word, and, I, and to be very honest, I've never really thought about it that much uh, uh, until uh, working on this message. I think if I had to choose one word to describe Jesus Christ, and there are many, I believe empathetic would be the word. Why did Jesus go to the cross? His empathy for my situation for my lostness, for my sin. What does the Bible tell us? The Bible tells us, in fact, that, uh, that, that he actually showed 
empathy. It says what? It says he took our sin. He, 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 he's been tempted in every way like we have. It's not just that he looked and said, oh, I hate that for him. Jesus literally left the glory of heaven, took on flesh, and came to earth and so that he might identify with us. He knows what we go through. He knows our pain. He doesn't just look, you know, I, 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 I'm bad and I probably shouldn't. Every now and then I see somebody do something not so smart, and, and, I, and I know it hurt, and I'll say, well, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> you know, I bet that hurt. You know, uh, Jesus doesn't look at mankind and go, wow, sin's bad. I bet that hurts. Jesus knows better than anyone the pain of sin. He bore all sin on the cross. He knows better than he understands better than I do the, the weight of my own sin. I don't even understand my sin the way Jesus did because he took it on himself. He took it from me so I wouldn't have to understand it. A beautiful thought. Jesus shows empathy towards his mother. You take care of my mother. She hurts. I hurt. I hurt with her. I, I, perhaps the way to put it is I don't... You, you ever heard anybody say something like, I hurt for him? No. Jesus hurts with us. He knows the pain. He knows the suffering. He knows what uh, is going on here. And, and, and he experiences it. Throughout his ministry, throughout eternity, his thoughts, his feelings, Everything about Jesus Christ has always been for others. Read through Scripture and find me something Jesus has ever done for himself. Everything. He didn't go to the cross for himself. He didn't come to earth for himself. He didn't do any of those things for himself. He constantly is showing empathy. He is showing his feeling, his love, his compassion with us, for us. Even in death, his mind was on us. A couple of lessons in that. First of all, it tells us who Jesus is. It tells us what Jesus thinks, how Jesus thinks. But secondly, and I'm not going to say more importantly, but very close. We talk about some of you in this room, some of you online, may very well be sitting there with a what would Jesus do bracelet on. Well, let me tell you what Jesus would do. Jesus would always think of others more highly than he did himself. Isn't that what he told us to do? We learn from Jesus the importance of caring for others. You want to stand out in the crowd in 2021? Love God and love others. 
you will stick out like a sore thumb. Love God, love others. That will make you, I mentioned a while ago, the conspicuous presence of those ladies at the cross. It will make you conspicuous if you love others and lo love God first and love others. Put others first. Model Jesus Christ. The empathy that he displayed. The empathy that was portrayed here. But not only the empathy, but then the example. In... in it's actually, I think, the most um, significant of all the sayings of Jesus Christ. Um, and I know, uh, they're, they're, you know it is finished. There's some powerful statements from the cross. Uh, but I think in many ways uh, that, uh, that, that the most significant thing to do with, with the, the, the statements of the cross, uh, again, is how they have the needs of others in mind. Here he is suffering um, agony, torment that you and I cannot even begin to comprehend. Can't even begin to comprehend. And the first thing out of his mouth, take care of my mother. At any point, as the words of the song go, he could, have, he could have said, take these nails from my hands, they torment me. But the first words out of his mouth, take care of my mother. Take care of my mother. You see the example that he gave. Listen, when Christ was on the cross, you know, I've got to be honest with you. Anybody in here... Tommy, I know Tommy does construction. Kenny, CDs knocked around, done all kinds of things. Others, you ever hit your thumb with a hammer? You ever hit your thumb with a hammer CD? Let me ask you a question. You can be honest. I know CD will be honest with me. When you when you read back and and you got that thumb, was the first thought went through your mind, well, I wonder what kind of day Nancy's having today. Probably, probably she was the furthest thing from your mind, wasn't she? Tommy, you ever whacked your finger real good? Yeah, or now you mess with heavier store stuff than, than, than hammers. Dropped a piece of steel or something on a toe. Was the first thought run through your mind? Well, I hope Sandra's having a good day. Probably, probably wasn't, was it? Probably, she was probably a million miles away. In fact, you were probably hoping she didn't hear what you did say. Yeah, that, that's, you know, that, that, that's just, you know, when you're in pain, let's be honest, the well-being of others is not generally way up your, you know, way up your list. Here Jesus is with nails through his feet, through his hands, crown of thorns crammed onto his head. Before all of that, 
He'd been beaten beyond recognition, beaten almost to death. And the first words out of his mouth, take care of my mother. Man, if you don't learn about everything you need to know about Jesus Christ in that statement, if you don't learn, that, that tells us most everything we need to know know about, about Jesus Christ right there. That in the midst of the most brutal execution known to man, John, you take care of my mom. Let me tell you something. Those of you who are young, I feel sorry for you. For one thing, if you're dating today, I mentioned it a moment ago, uh, and uh, to, to young man back there, I, I, you know, I, I sure would hate to be dating now. Yeah, you, you're out, you know, young young people out trying to pick a boyfriend or girlfriend from here up. You know, who she got a pretty forehead. You know, and and you know, pulls that mask down. You know, put it on, put it on, you know, put it back. <laughs> Be terrible to be dating now. But let me give you some other let me give you the first piece of dating advice. Pull the mask down. Second piece of dating advice. Listen to how they talk to their mom. Jesus shows us pretty much everything we need to know in that simple statement. Take care of my mother. It tells us who he is, and it tells us who we should be in that simple statement. Take care of my mother. He took care of her, and he takes care of us, and he cares for others. And then finally, he looks at John, and he says, John, behold your mother. Behold your mother. Now why in the world would Jesus say to John, Take care of my mother. Treat her like she's your mother. Love her like she's your mother. Jesus had brothers and sisters. Why wouldn't he say to them, take care of mama, instead of assigning her to John and say, John, you take care of her. Well, we know from the Gospels at this point, for one thing, let me just point out, you will notice that none of Jesus' brothers and sisters are mentioned being gathered at the cross supporting their brother. We also know from other places in Scripture that at this point, it doesn't appear that any of Jesus' brothers and sisters had any confidence in him whatsoever. In fact, they didn't really like him, the best we can tell. So Jesus says to John, take care of your mother. What do we learn from that statement? We learn that spiritual takes precedence over everything else. You see, does that make sense to you? More than, bio more than biology, 
more than saying to any one of his brothers and sisters, make sure you take care of mother. We know that Jesus was the oldest, and the oldest in that culture in particular, much like it still is today, the oldest was, and we know that Joseph was dead, so Jesus was kind of the, the man of the family at this point. Now he's dying, and so rather than assign that duty to any one of his biological brothers or sisters, he assigns it to his spiritual brother in John. The spiritual takes precedence over the biological. Spiritual is the most important element that we deal with. See, this may be the, the, the most important point uh, that I make to you this morning, is many of us, if not most of us, the spiritual aspect of our life gets attention after everything else. We most, and I'm trying to tread carefully here and say this just the way I need to say it, because I don't want to say that there's anything wrong with family or anything else. But I want you to think about that lesson for a moment, that Jesus chose John over his own family to take care of his mother. But most of us choose family, maybe not, maybe I shouldn't say most, many choose family over Jesus, choose job over Jesus, choose money over Jesus, choose fame over Jesus, choose fill in the blank over Jesus. If I have time left, if I have energy left, if I have money left, if I have any, then I'll go to church. Some of you who, who, who watch the videos that I, I, I put up each day um, have heard me say just about every Saturday I, I, I make the statement uh, that going to church on Sunday is a Saturday decision. Going to church on Sunday is a Saturday decision. If you wait till Sunday morning to decide, hmm, I don't know if I, I'll be very honest with you, I didn't feel like coming to church this morning. I could have rolled over and still be asleep. I ain't going to lie. I just, I was sleepy this morning. Matter of fact, I, I did struggle out to bed. The clock went off and I laid there and stared at it a minute. I told Rhonda, I don't want to go. She says, you got to go. I said, I don't like them. She says, you got to go. I said, well, they don't like me either. She said, you got to go. And I said, why? She said, because you're the preacher. You know, and that, uh, you know, I said, well, you know, it just, some of y'all will get that later. Yeah. But we put everything else in front of the spiritual in our life. Ball games on. Television programs on. Oh, I'll pray later. I've got to go do this. I'll read my Bible later. Jesus prioritized the spiritual over the biological, over everything else. Those two little statements, take care of my mama. Take care of my mama. 
Behold your son. Those two statements reveal to us a magnitude, a multitude of information about who Jesus is and who we should be. Care for others. We see it in the ladies. We see it in Jesus. Care for the spiritual above everything else. We see it in the ladies. We see it in Jesus. The most important thing you'll deal with today is not your job, your family, the most important. So let me tell you something. If you get the spiritual right, all those other things will get in order. Everything else will fall in line. Any of you in here ever worked on them crazy Sudoku, Sudoku, however you say it, puzzles? You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Anybody in here ever worked a crossword puzzle? What happens if you get the very first word wrong? If you get the very first, if you get one across wrong in a crossword puzzle, what happens? The whole puzzle goes down the toilet. You've got to get one across right. And one across in your life is the spiritual. If you get it wrong, everything else is wrong. I want to ask you to bow your heads while our musicians come. Can I ask you that simple question this morning? What do you have in one across? What is number one? What is first in your life? If the spiritual, if your relationship with Christ, if your walk with the Lord is second or third, Fourth, fifth, not even on the puzzle, it'll never work. Your life will be miserable. Your world will crumble. You're here today and you say, I know I'm a Christian. You're watching online and you say, I know I'm a child of God. I know I've been saved. I know, I, I, I know I'm going to heaven. But I'll be honest, many times in my life, the spiritual, my walk with God, my relationship with Him has not always been in one across. I want to invite you this morning to kneel where you are, to come and kneel, sit in your chair, whatever you need to do, and spend some time with the Lord, saying, Lord, help me. Help me. I know I need to make you number one. I know I need to put you first. I know I need to pay more attention to my spiritual walk than I do anything else. I do some days. Other days I let it slip. But I want to make you the priority. I see that in Jesus. And I want to see it in me. You're here today, you're online, and you don't know Christ personally. 
You don't know Him as Savior. You've never asked Him into your heart. Whatever age you are, maybe you're a teenager, maybe you're retired, wherever you are, online, in this room, but you don't know Christ personally. I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm not saying you're mean and evil and wicked. I'm saying you don't know Jesus. And if you were to die today, you'd die separated, lost. Would you come? Let me show you from God's Word how you can know Him personally. How you can know Him as your Savior. If you're online, would you reach out, email, comment, phone call? Love to talk to you and tell you how you can know Christ personally. How you can know Him as your Savior. Father, we thank you today for your Word. Thank you for allowing us to be here. God, we thank you for the example Jesus gave us. God, the example these ladies gave us, showing us the importance, the priority of our relationship with you, that it comes before anything else. God, for the person in this room who knows Christ, person online who's been saved. But God, they're, they're going to be honest this morning. Not with me, but with himself and with you. They're going to be honest and they're going to say the spiritual has not always been a priority. The spiritual, my walk with you has not always been the most important. And I want to change that. God, I pray that you speak to their heart, that you show them what they need to do, the changes they need to make. But God, for the one that's here, the one that's watching, listening, and God, they don't know Jesus personally. They've never asked him into their heart. They've never trusted him as Savior. God, I pray that you'd stir in their heart. God, they'd see their need, and today would be the day they'd come to know Christ. And we'll give you the honor for it all. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we stand together.